From disruption to generational change, it's safe to say that today's employment market is vastly different to decades before. And as the game continues to change, how can recruitment professionals keep their finger on the pulse? David Chalk is a leading social analyst and commentator. He joined me at the desk at the 2018 RCSA conference in Noosa. And welcome to Talent Talks. We are coming to you from the RCSA conference in sunny Noosa. And uh, a range of different people we're going to be speaking to over the next couple of days. But uh, to kick us off, I'm very, very uh, honoured and delighted that social analyst David Chalk has made some time to pop by. G'day, David. Morning. G'day. What are you going to be talking about this afternoon? Well, the title I've been given is uh, A Brighter Future. Uh, the title that I wrote is called Reality Bites. <laughs> <laughs> the two actually go together because there is a brighter future if yeah. you understand what the hell's going on out there at the moment. And at the moment we're in one of those generational changes where the whole world turns on its head. And they happen every 50 years or so. There was one at the beginning of the 20th century. Um, and what happens is the public lose faith in the institutions of the state. Mm-hmm. And we saw the great revolutions at the beginning of the 20th century, at the end of the Romanovs, end of the... Yep. And that's usually coupled with a new communications technology. At the beginning of the 20th century, it was newspapers and radio. Yes. Uh, halfway through in the 50s and 60s, it was television and pop music, which brought us Bob Dylan and the protest song. And we're now going through another one of these phases where we have lost faith in the old order, the old institutions, the old way of doing things, and we're looking for better solutions, and we're aided by Instagram, yes. Snapchat. Interested in your viewpoint, certainly in terms of what you're seeing for consumers, um, both locally and globally at the moment as well. What's, what's on our mind? Um, okay, well, certainly in Australia at the moment, the top concern is cost of living. Yep. Well, blow me down. Yeah. You, you get sticker shock every time you open your power bill. Most people's wages have barely kept up with inflation. Um, and whilst the mortgage is down, you've got the WTF factor every time the gas bill comes in. And there is a, a growing sense of uncertainty about where the hell we're heading. The cities are more congested than there, but were. It takes me an hour and a half to get to work when it used to take me half an hour. Um, there's road rage, there's violence, there's, oh, what the hell are we doing? And there's a loss of sense of direction. Um, the old Ben Chifley light on the hill that kept us going for 50 years, that belief that we're the lucky country and we can open, we've got boundless planes to share, and etc., etc., populate or perish. We're now finding out we're populating and perishing. And nobody in the political or leadership classes has provided an alternative view of where we're going. And so the overriding sense is, well, look, I'm all right now, but what about my kids? What are they going to do? The elites have spent so long decrying service jobs uh, as Mac jobs. um, And because we don't make anything here anymore... Um, people saying, well, what are my kids going to do? Where are they going to live? Where are they going to get a job? What's going to be their future? Gee whiz, they've gone to university, got two degrees, and they're stacking shelves in coals. Let's pick up on that point about jobs and work at the moment. And let's perhaps, yep, there's that obvious concern for, for the kids and what they're going to be doing. And I'm right in that ballpark thinking earlier, I've got a seven and a five-year-old. Um, God knows what the future of work will be like when they're actually in the market. But yep. for people now that are actually looking at jobs, their next career move, um, how does all this... I guess, influence their decision about where they're going to work, what type of work they're going to do, 
and um, which is obviously particularly relevant to the audience that we're broadcasting to today. The essential thing we're talking now is the rise of the millennials, the millennials sort of 18 to 35 year olds. Um, are now outnumber boomers, nearly two to one. They're certainly far more important in the uh, recruitment industry because they're the mobile ones. And they actually are perfectly adapted to this new world. They're perfectly adapted to impermanence. They're quite happy with that notion of, oh, I'm bored with this, I'm going to go to Peru. Yep. Why? Because I like Peru. I like llamas. You know, they, they have that ability to say, I don't want to have a career. It's, okay, there will be a few. And there'll be those people who become doctors and lawyers and accountants who will take vocational degrees. But for the rest, however, hey, I've got my arts degree, what do I do now? Yeah. And they're perfectly happy with the notion of, I'll try this, or I'll do that, I'll do the other. The gig economy, and when we often hear it sort of phrases the rise of the gig economy, uh, is it reality? Is it perception? Is it still something that's yet to particularly interested in Australia? It feels more talked about than the actual reality. Well, it depends where you live. Mm. I mean, if you live in Carlton or uh, some other inner city suburb, it's very real because yeah. that's how your Uber Eats or your Foodorama or whatever arrives is some bloke on a push bike or a Vespa or, or whatever. So it, it is real. Um, certainly the unions are fighting very strongly against it. Um, but it is going to be a continuing thing that people are going to be much more likely to have two or three casual jobs, non-permanent jobs, rather than one full-time one, because there are not going to be the full-time jobs available. Do, do you see it as a positive, the gig economy, and people actually having two or three jobs? What's your oh, personal opinion? It, uh, is life positive? I don't know. It, it is life. It is how the world is. Yes. You know, is rain good? Well, yes. What about when you get a cyclone? No. Yes. It's like all these things in life. There's good and there's bad about it. And certainly learning to adapt to that. And if you will, there's a market opportunity there for a recruitment agency that specialises in handling gig jobs and gig people. Do you think the recruitment agency um, are aware of that enough? Are they, are they, are they, in your experience or who you've spoken to, are they really tapping into this and trying to adapt their business models? Or Like every other industry, there are, there are the smart people up the front who are adapting, who recognise that there's change, who recognise that things are not going to go back to normal. Normal is what we have right now. And they know that. And they will experiment. And these are the secrets of success. You see an opportunity, you try something. If it's good, you reinforce it and do it again. If it isn't, you kill it off and try something else. And this is going to be the nature of, the, of work in the future. Because we live in a world of uncertainty and change, it's going to be the survivors will be those who successfully keep experimenting and changing and trying and looking for... Go back to basics. Yes, the basics will still be there. The basics of good communication are understand your audience because it's not the message you send, it's how they process it that counts. Yeah. And those basics are still the same, but within that, yeah, change, experiment. David Chalk is a leading social analyst and commentator. He joined me at the desk at the 2018 RCSA conference in Noosa. Let's, um, let, let's go offshore, and, and I'm interested in your viewpoint on, on I guess, a couple of areas. Um, how are people feeling um, about life itself and, and as consumers, as people go around, and also the future of the work? And I'm interested in the United States. We get a lot of commentary, um, but, but how are people actually feeling in the United States about how things are now and also potentially to the future? What's worrying them? Remember what I said earlier on, that this is a death of mass. Yep. We're no longer... Trends are dead, fads are in. 
Um, so no longer are we going to see these great third movements of everybody's doing this or everybody's doing that. It's going to be much more individual. And the States is a classic case in point, whereas where the left and progressive and the trendies rail against Trump as if he is the work of Satan himself, whereas his true supporters, the more he's attacked and impugned and attempting to drag him down, his supporters will love him and say, yes, he's our man. Yes. And this is the future of the world, this polarisation. And, and we're seeing it right the way across Europe. For example, in Sweden, that most tolerant and progressive of democratic countries, yeah. an extreme right government is just about to be voted in because of a reaction to congestion, migration, all the same factors that are applying here and in, and in America. So we're seeing this backlash against a, a leadership that is failing to deliver to the people what they want to have. Let's focus a little bit on the recruitment industry, and, and, and I'm really interested in your viewpoint on, on technology as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we see technology influencing a range of different industries. Um, and, and yes, to your point, there are those that adapt and get ahead of it and become successful. But for the recruitment industry themselves, um, and we're looking around us, I'd say most of the people exhibiting here um, are providing some sort of technical solution to some problem that exists for these people. Yep. Um, how is that going to impact their industry? Well, technology, in theory, should enable them to deal with this world that's fragmenting. The myth of mass communication of the 20th century is gone. So can you now use the smarts of a computer that, to manage your contact base, your database, to keep you in touch with all these little Dunbar groups that are floating around the place and keeping you in touch with them? Because the basics are still the same. Please focus on your existing customers and your existing clients. Don't waste your time running around trying to drag in new customers because you forget your existing ones. How do you do that? You use technology to help you keep in touch, to make the phone call, to flash up on your screen wife's name, dog's name, children's birthday. Use the technology to enable you to sound like you really care about them. Yeah. And uh, that's what it's about. Now, most recruiters... I suspect, do genuinely care about their uh, customers and the people they're placing. So use the technology to help and expand your Dunbar number, the trouble, because those recruiters, theoretically, have only got 120 possible contacts. Yes. Because that's all they can manage. Use the technology to make it 500. If you look at communication and the amount of technology and how that shapes things now, has it, has it made their opportunities and their market more global and therefore opened up different markets that previously weren't available to them? Of course, yeah. absolutely. If, if indeed you need uh, a broader base to fish in, yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, the, the great thing about the internet, it is, it is boundless. It, is, it has no borders. So your advice, because a lot of the people listening to this will be in the recruitment industry and, and a very different degrees of experience um, in terms of setting themselves up for success the next five, ten years in their industry, what are some of the things that you'd be getting them to focus on as you understand the social demographics so well? Okay. Recognising, first of all, that there is this fragmentation and that diversity, at one level, it's got itself a bad name because mm. it's, it's the buzzword in boardrooms and leads to all sorts of silly decisions. But diversity of the audience, recognising that and using the technology to help you harness that diversity and keep in touch with those diverse groups. Every business is going to be different. Every set of skills is going to be different. But nonetheless, if you can harness that technology to work in a broader world, you're home and hosed. That was David Shaw, leading social analyst at the 2018 RCSA conference.